So welcome listeners to our next Power the Next 100 podcast. My name is Alana Shanahan and I'm the Athletic Director at the University of Pennsylvania. And today I have three very special guests, all former women's basketball players at the University of Pennsylvania, all from the early 2000s. So today we have Diana Caramanico, Jewel Clark, and Erin Ladley Leonard. And we're gonna start to tell you a little bit about Diana and I'll give you a bit of history on each and then we'll launch into some questions where you can hear a bit more about their experiences with Penn Athletics and Penn Women's Basketball. So Diana is a athletics, Penn Athletics Hall of Fame Class 8 recipient and also a Big Five Hall of Fame member. She was a two-time captain and a co-captain of the 2000 and 2001 championship team. She's the all-time leading scorer in Penn Women's Basketball history and holds many of the program scoring records and is likely one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant player in women's basketball history, over 2,400 career points and played in France after graduation from Penn. She is a member of our Penn basketball board. Next up is Erin Ladley Leonard from the college 2001. Also a two-time, actually, I'm sorry, a two-time captain, 1999 to 2000 and 2000 to 2001. And she was also a co-captain on the Ivy championship team. She was first team all Ivy in 2000, 2001 and is in a top 20 all-time leading scorer at Penn. And finally, class of 2004, we have Jewel Clark, also a member of the Penn Athletics Hall of Fame, the third all-time leading scorer in Penn women's basketball history. She was captain of the 2003, 2004 Ivy League championship team. She was an Ivy League and big five player of the year and a first-team All-Ivy and Big Five player in 2001-2, 2002-3, and 2003-4. She was the Big Five player of the year in 2003-2004. So with all of that said, everyone has a sense of the illustrious nature of this group. We're gonna spend some time asking them a few questions about their Penn experience. So I'd like to actually start uh, by posing this question to all of you, but maybe we can start with, with Diana. Maybe uh, just a couple of statements about what you've been doing basically since you graduated from Penn. Uh, since I graduated from Penn, which is shockingly a really long time ago, all of a sudden, um, I've kind of been all over the map. I, you know, um, played basketball in France for two years. I came back, tried to make a go of the WNBA, uh, did not actually make it. Um, worked for an engineering company, worked for And One, the basketball uh, apparel company. Um, started my own business and did basketball skills training and camps and clinics and mental toughness training for athletes. Um, and then went back to Penn uh, when I realized that the mental toughness uh, training was the thing that my was my passion. So um, I went back to Penn and got a degree in applied positive psychology, which somehow brought me around to uh, teaching high school math at my alma mater where I went to high school. And I am like having taken that very circuitous route, very happy uh, to have landed where I am. Fabulous. Thanks, Diana. How about you, Jewel? Good afternoon. So I am also a teacher and I've been teaching essentially since I graduated. I played for a short stint and I started in high school, went down to middle school and this year I am back in high school. So for the last 14 years I've taught English language arts, but this is my first year teaching physical education and health, which I'm excited about because it gives me a chance to be active physically as a teacher, as opposed to just doing the reading and writing, which I love, but it's a, an interesting challenge now, post-COVID, teaching, reading, and writing is just something different. So I've been teaching ever since, in, in a nutshell. Fabulous. Thanks, Joel. And how about you, Erin? 
Yeah, so I right after uh, Penn, I, I played in England um, for a year and then I um, came back to Penn and I coached for a year. And then um, after that, I um, got into the financial services industry and I've been there ever since, really. So for the past almost 20 years, I've been a financial consultant, um, you know, just helping people with their, their personal finances. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Erin. And uh, Diana, maybe let's bounce back to you. How about your favorite Penn Athletics memory? Oh, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> Um, well, you gotta pick one. <laughs> so, I mean, you'd have to go with winning the Ivy League, um, and and playing in the tournament and everything. But I think, like, if I had to pick one moment surrounding that event, I would say clinching it at Harvard. Um, and I can remember, like, there was like a minute and a half left in the game, and it was like, oh my gosh, like we we are going to beat Harvard on the road and clinch this title and and I can like I can just I, I just remember being on the court and and just feeling like wait like they can't actually win this game anymore and <laughs> we're in complete control of it and so I think and then we all piled on each other like when the buzzer went off I, I think that you know that was I guess I, I would pick that because I think oh. anytime you're having the opportunity to be part of a program championship but especially the first one um, you, that's just really special. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure you all share that memory in some way, shape, or form. But, but Jewel, how about you? How about um, thoughts on how you feel Penn Athletics has impacted your life since graduation? I would say that I think amongst my favorite memories would be the opportunity for us to go overseas when we went to Italy, went to London, we went to England. I believe that's the two countries we went to. But for me, the impact that that had on me is I had never left, the, I hadn't been out of the country. And I wonder if I would have wanted to travel outside of the country had I not taken that trip. I didn't want to fly. Like I didn't fly until I got to Penn and I was not happy about the fact that we had to fly. But that <laughs> opened the door for me to understand that traveling almost anywhere as possible with the flight. And now mm -hmm. I say this to so many kids. So I work in Baltimore City. Some of these kids don't understand that the world is outside of the city. So I constantly encourage these students, I'm like, get a passport. They don't have a clue why or for what, but I said, you may need it one day. Having the experience of leaving this country has made me appreciate so much that Americans have and these kids, I can share with them. You might think the things you have right now are so valuable to your life, but they're like valuable at this moment. And I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that I was able to leave the country when I did at the age I did before technology to experience yeah. it more hands-on like it's a more tangible experience yeah that was That's that was an amazing blessing awesome fantastic thanks Joel Aaron how about um you reflect on your experience what what advice would you give your 18 year old self if you had to give a little guidance to you back in the day what would it look like now with the benefit of hindsight oh boy uh, thanks for the uh the tough question here so <laughs> Um, I don't, I mean, I, I really, I don't, I don't know how I'd answer that. Um, I think, um, you know, going to Penn was a challenge anyway. It was, you know, out of my comfort zone, you know, from a, you know, athletic standpoint, um, you know, playing division one and, and then, you know, being away from home. So, 
Um, you know, so I think, you know, it was a little intimidating. So I think, you know, giving, you know, looking back on the experience, I would, you know, I met so many great people and, and great teammates and had a great experience at Penn. I think I would just say, you know, don't be as um, reserved and, and take more chances um, and, you know, open up, you know, to newer experiences, um, you know, and, and kind of just enjoy the time that you have there, you know, uh, and the four years because you you never get that back and it's you know probably one of the best times of your life and you you just you know now that you can't do it anymore you just want to make sure you you know if i could tell myself back then is just to to live every day like fully and, and take advantage of the experience that you have yeah absolutely i think we all kind of you know reminisce about well if we just let those little things go and really embraced all the opportunities that Penn presented you know it all moves so quickly um but yeah. uh but it's wonderful nonetheless so i want to switch gears a little bit and and spend a little time talking about um you know the issue of failure and probably talk a little less about failure and a little bit more of you know what were the moments your experience that were road bumps but they were true learning experiences. And you feel like whether it was in that moment or upon reflection, like that moment, while on paper, it may look like a failure was really an opportunity for me to grow as a person. So, and I pose that to, to all of you. So maybe we can start with Diana. Hmm. Um, There's just so many of them. <laughs> um, I think, you know, without like, success doesn't come without failure um and if it does then it might not be truly successful um I, I just think back to like we lost to Yale my junior year um and I didn't play as well as I feel like I could have um and I and I definitely, I definitely heard that same message in the locker room after the game. And not that I wasn't trying to not play my hardest, but I just didn't, I just wasn't, I was off. And I think that, you know, while I recognized it, but hearing it too, um, and that was the game where we pretty much then were not able to win the I, I like that Yale Brown weekend we lost both I think and it was losing the Yale game caused us to be pretty much out of the running for the Ivy title and like I just I remember like thinking like I just don't feeling like that like it ended on such a sour note sort of and I know that I that game in particular I didn't play I feel like as well as I could have or should have maybe um that when it came back around again, our senior year, I knew that like, like I, it was helpful because I had, I knew what I didn't do well in that game. And it was helpful to have that, to make sure that like, as we went through each game, our senior year, and we actually won all 14 Ivy League games um, and, and in bizarre fashion, like every game, there was some weird circumstance, um, you know, like our coach gets a second technical and our assistant coach takes over or, um, you know, we were down by a lot and Jen Jones come out of nowhere and scores like 12, come back to tie it. And then Jen Jones was like 12 points in overtime on the road at Yale to like win the game. I, like there's just, there's something about, there was, I mean, you guys would remember better than me, but there was something about every game that year. And 
And I definitely remember taking that moment in the locker room my junior year, knowing that I feel like I, I could have done more or should have played better somehow um, with me my senior year. And all of those tight situations and tight circumstances um, that like, I just was determined not to be back in that space again, so. Yeah, no, makes sense. Joel or Aaron? I can go. I would say that my biggest failure occurred when we traveled to California for a tournament. And I take it as a personal failure simply because Coach Greenberg held me accountable for something and it kind of hurt my feelings, but I, I needed to hear it. I was selected for the all tournament team for that particular tournament. And she talked, this is not her exact words, but I'm going to tell you what I heard. She was like, you didn't play well enough to get the reward, but you played the best out of, out of the team. She was like, I know how you play. You're getting this award because you did the best on the team, not because you deserve it. And I was like, wow, you have to say that. But at the same time, I needed to hear that because moving forward, it let me know that getting an award does not necessarily equate to playing your best. And if the team is going to have success and the team is going to have leadership, the team needs to see this consistently, not based on, oh, it happened to be you. I took that so personally, but I'm happy she told me. I didn't like hearing it. I needed to hear it. And it also taught me that sometimes you just have to hear those things that that are not pleasant in order to move forward and get better. So had I taken that award and I was like, I still did a good job, I needed to hear, no, you didn't. You got the award. You didn't do a good job. I was yeah. just a little shocked that she was that direct at the moment. She told me like, right? She, <laughs> she didn't me. wait till the next day to tell you. <laughs> but I appreciated it. Again, I know that's one, one of her big words, appreciating what was happening because I needed to hear it. To let it linger may not have had the same impact on it that I needed to have. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Joel. And accolades, it wasn't yeah. exactly. Yeah. Aaron, how about you? I think about our team, um, I think our senior year and we, we knew we had a really good team and we had, you know, I think Diana, since we you know came in as freshmen, we, we built so much momentum, you know, every year we kept climbing the ladder for the, the Ivy league championship and senior year, we felt like we had such a great, great team going into it. And the beginning of the year we started off, I don't, I don't know what our schedule or what our, what our, um, what our, um, sorry, what went to loss, um, what our losses were when we started. We started out 0 and 5. 0 and 5, yeah. And then, so the, you know, starting off 0 and 5 and knowing you have such a, a, you know, a great team and, you know, it's hard to bounce back from that, you know, being down and, and building up from there. But um, I, I don't know what the turning point was at that point. I think maybe it was, you know, you know, playing, you know, with 12 people in the, in the stadium, you know, at Christmas time and winning at, you know, I don't know, um, or beating, you know, starting off the, the, um, the Ivy league season with, with Princeton and winning. And we just kept, you know, building momentum from there and kept believing in ourselves and just pulling out these wins, just kept, you know, building our confidence and, and winning. But, um, I think that, you know, for me, that failure was really tough, you know, and this was the last time I was ever going to play, you know, basketball at Penn and, you know, to, to, to start off like that wasn't great. Um, but, you know, uh, I forget what the turning point was, but it worked out, obviously. So, Absolutely. And just for the record, that season, I think your overall record was 22 and six yep. to Diana's point. I think you started 0 and 5 
you ran the league table at 14 and 0, won the first Ivy League title for Penn women's basketball and went to the tournament. So to your point, you absolutely turned a corner. And it was funny, I was reading one of a DP story about this team and the terms they used, experienced, composed, and clutch. So everybody managed to get it done on the back end, which is uh, obviously a, a lot of fun when it all comes together. So, um, all right, so switching gears, um, a question or two about Title IX and the future. So Erin, um, maybe we can start with you. I'd just be curious, like, you know, do you feel Title IX having an impact on your life and on your athletic career? And how do you reflect on Title IX given your set of experiences? Yeah, I think Title IX had, you know, opened up a lot of, you know, opportunities for me as a, a female athlete to, you know, be able to, you know, to play the sport that I love and to have, you know, opportunities, you know, that, that men did, you know, and I, I think, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's tough right now, you know, I, I think with everything that's going on, um, you know, I don't know if, you know, uh, you know, depending on what changes, you know, how, how girls will have those, those same opportunities moving forward. So I think we came up in a really great time where, it felt like the sky was a limit and we were able to take advantage of, you know, being a female athlete and, and playing and, um, you know, and having great experiences. Absolutely. And, and maybe Jewel, when you think about, you know, we've obviously just celebrated 100 years of women's athletics at Penn. When you think about the next 100 years of women's athletics at Penn, like, what do you hope we see? What do you hope we accomplish? What do you hope, what type of experience you hope our young women have? I would like to see, of course, I want to see the teams winning, but I think one thing that I would like to see is that is students who wouldn't typically go to Penn are mm -hmm. playing sports and thriving academically. And I think that that would be a great, I mean, I, I believe the diversity at Penn is, is notable, but I would just love to see some students who, who can get in academically, but wouldn't take that next step to be athletic at the same time. The student athlete body and the um, maybe quote-unquote, more underprivileged or socioeconomically disadvantaged. I would love to see more students at Penn who represent that subgroup and then still experiencing just what Penn has to offer, but being able to take that experience with them because it's probably really outside of a lot of students' realm of, of living. Fantastic. And Diana, maybe the same question for you. Like, what do you hope to see in the next 100 years of, of, of Penn athletics uh, for women? I kind of hope that we don't have to talk about women, women's athletics anymore. Um, I mean, it's important and necessary now, but I kind of hope that they're just athletes um, that, you know, maybe it's the women's basketball team and the men's basketball team, but there's no longer discussion about when things weren't equal or how things need to be equal or, you know, sort of a comparison inequality that it's just, okay, these are our two sports teams and, um, you know, the, the, the situation where it wasn't equal is kind of not part of the conversation anymore because it's so far removed that people wouldn't, couldn't even believe, like, so, you know, people couldn't believe the differences because it's just so equal and, um, you know, there's, you don't need to bring it to light to make sure it stays that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I too hope for that day. It's, uh, 
you know, it's funny when I went down to Johns Hopkins to become their athletic director, it was like a big deal that I was the first female athletic director. And you just don't think about yourself as you just think about yourself as an athletic director, not a female athletic director. So 100% agree. Let's hope there's a day where we don't have to, uh, to have to put anything in front of basketball and everybody just has a shared and similar experience uh, and one that's exceptional is the hope. So all right, so maybe um, maybe flash back a little bit to your undergraduate days and we'll have a little bit of um, kind of a round robin on, let's start with you, Joel, favorite class as an undergrad. I don't remember the name of the class. I remember the professor. I tell my children about him. Professor Guthrie Ramsey. I took a summer, it was a summer academy book. The summer before I started, I took a course with him and then I made sure to take as many music classes as I could just so I could be in class with Professor Ramsey. Fabulous. It's amazing the impact professors can have on us. Uh, Diana, how about you? Favorite class or professor? Yeah. So, I mean, I, one of, I guess one of my favorite classes was, um, I guess it was abnormal psychology. Um, and also really, in, uh, maybe even more so intro to psychology. And the teacher, I remember him very clearly saying that we were his like 104th semester or something like he'd been there forever. Maybe it was, maybe it was his 52nd semester. Maybe I'm doubling it. I, but he, we were his like 52nd semester of, and he was just phenomenal. Like he made the subject matter come alive in a lecture of 250 people um, that and I still remember a lot of what he taught. I had to do a, um, a long-term sub position about eight years ago in AP Psych. And I found myself like, actually having material to teach on my own without even looking in the book because like I remembered stuff that I learned in that class. Wow that's impressive. <laughs> Several years later and you've still got the recall. Well done. Erin yes. how about you? Favorite class? Um, I think my most memorable class I guess was an actual acting class. I um, you know <laughs> It was something so out of my comfort zone, um, but it was so fun. So it was like a movement acting class where we, you know, did a, a lot of things that I had never done before in my life and put myself out there. So that is you know, one of my favorite classes and something totally different that I probably wouldn't do again, but I'm glad I did it. So Fabulous. I had the same experience with a figure sculpture class. I had never taken many art classes and took a sculpture class and boy, by the end, I still had people that were too tall and too skinny, but you know, it was still an experience. <laughs> all right, so one, one last question for all of you. Um, you know, if, if what, what question would you had hoped I would have asked you and what would you, what would you provide as the answer? What would you like to share that you feel would be interesting to our listeners? We'll start with you, Joel. I have a question. I'm not sure what the answer could be. I think my question would be how, what kind of basketball player or what kind of drive would I have had growing up with a cell phone attached to my hand? I feel like a lot of these, I feel like players right now, the commitment level is not as widespread as it once was. And I think cell phones are a major distraction. But at the same time, they help so much in allowing you to see what is not in your reach. But um, mm -hmm. I just wonder, I I am baffled by how much these cell phones are such a part of these students' lives coming up. I'm like, I wonder what that does to the student athlete. I really do. So I don't know what it, I would like to say it wouldn't have mattered to me because I'm not right. a cell phone person now, but I didn't grow up with it. You know, I had a Game yeah. Boy, but I don't think I was willing to put it down. <laughs> so yeah, that's the question I have. 
Yeah, yeah, good one. Diana, how about you? What question would you have hoped I had asked? Um, I don't, I mean, so I think like Aaron and I both played for two different coaches. Um, and well, Coach Greenberg came in and definitely changed things and, you know, changed the trajectory of the program in a way that allowed us to get to an Ivy League championship in a quick two years. Um, like maybe the impact that both coaches had on our experience, because, um, you know, like Julie Serra wasn't our coach when we actually won, but I feel like the foundation that we experienced, um, and I think some of that, like Coach Greenberg came in and she was so tough. Like, to, I mean, like she actually threw me off a of bed playing Boggle one time because she said I was crowding the letters and I mean, tough in a like competitive way. And like she, 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 um, she instilled that competitive drive, like fight to the death in everyone. And I think that was a big part of that run. We made our senior year when we were like, oh, and five with a pretty talented team and ended up winning being 22 and six with the longest winning streak in the country, like NCAA men or women. Yeah. Um, but I think that the reason, well, I know that the reason for me personally that I was able to withstand that kind of like pressure, but like in a good way, um, you know, and, and, and like the, like the drive to perform, um, mm -hmm. I think, and the ability to withstand the rigor, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that was, um, that came from the first two years we had Coach Chavero because she, well, things were hard. Like we, we had to run the two mile coming back and we mm -hmm. had to get it in a certain time. And, you know, we were in really good shape and we did a lot of, you know, stuff that was difficult. Right. Like, and so I think that some of that toughness was in knowing that we could get through anything was, I think some of that came from the first two years. So I think both, I love, I, I like playing for both coaches and, you know, um, you know, loved, playing for Penn in general. And I think that both coaches had a pretty profound impact on, I'd say that in my opinion, my toughness and in different, completely different ways, um, mentally and physically, both coaches. Um, and that I think laid the foundation for what coach Greenberg came in and set to do was like, take a right turn and get us going. And she was yeah. able to do that. I think because of the foundation we had from Julie Severo. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, often, as an athletic director, I'm hopeful that student athletes don't have to necessarily experience coaching change. You know, you'd like to think that you're recruited by the person that coaches you for four years and it feels like a great fit. But there are moments when, you know, if you do the, happen to have the experience of two coaches, you know, you learn under two wonderful people who have different experiences, different skill sets and grow you in different ways. So it's a little bit of a catch 22 in my head. You know, you love that consistency, but it is nice when you can hear stories of Hey, you know what? There were really valuable takeaways from, from both, you know, kind of leadership aspects of the program. So yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to hear Diana. Um, Aaron, how about you? What would you have hoped I would have asked? Um, I guess that when I think about, you know, playing at Penn, I think um, we've had, you know, we obviously had Diana and Jewel, which were, you know, phenomenal athletes, but we had, you know, such a great team, like, so learning more about how much that team, you know, made a difference in our success. I mean, I think of just, you know, like our, our senior year and the chargers, right. Everyone, oh, you know, chargers. they killed the starting five and they would do it every day. 
And that just made us so much better. And like throughout, you know, my experience, you know, at, you know, at Penn, you know, our, you know, our team kind of it changed every year, but it's so important, you know, every player on that team, you know, played a huge role. And so just, I know we can't have everyone on, but, um, you know, it, it's so important. So just, you know, learning how, how important that teamwork is um, in the sport, I think. So. Can I add one more thing to what Erin sure. just said? Sure. Like, and I think like that, what I was talking about, Coach Bloomberg's like just competitive spirit and she infused that in everybody. And then you have met such a great group of like every single person on that team was the reason we were so successful that year. Like Erin said, the Chargers, like, I don't, I don't know that we compete the way we competed in games without the five people who practiced harder than you can possibly imagine and rarely saw a minute of playing time like and and you don't you don't and that like they just yes like that I the Chargers are the best and they're the reason we were so good that year it you know and it was like a it's just the perfect chemistry of all of that together well wonderful I, I obviously want to thank the three of you this has um, been a wonderful conversation a, a wonderful walk down memory lane for me because I had the privilege of watching you all play so fun to relive those moments and uh, obviously enjoyable to spend time with with three of our most celebrated women's basketball players in the history of, of, of Penn Athletics so so thank you all for making the time um, again I'm going to thank the Chargers on your behalf because clearly part of why you're here is because of them so our thanks to them uh, great appreciation and otherwise uh, just a Appreciate you all being guests on Power of the Next 100 and my best to all of you. Thanks so much.